0: Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I have come to bury seminary, not to celebrate it. No, that'll be next week's episode. Welcome back to My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight. And next week is the two-year anniversary special where we will be celebrating what's going on here on the show and seminary and blah, blah, blah. But for today's episode, we are burying school. We are burying, we are done this is the final paper. This is it. The last hurrah. But the show's not over. We're still going on after this. But we're done with the schooling part, folks. And today we are going to discuss my final paper, How the Church Can Better Love the LGBTQ Community. So let's get into another hot-button issue. <laughs> we're doing all right you know two episodes on covid and a whole episode on social justice and uh, so far only that second episode on covid got me rattled a little bit by comments we'll see how we do on this one i'm really surprised that i got through that social justice episode without any comments if i don't get any comments within 24 hours particularly of the reels going up i'll be fine and i'm okay with telling all of you that because Usually people who come in to listen to the show are friends, not foes, or supporters. But if this is the first time you've gotten into the show because you saw the the hashtag or the, the title of today's episode, uh, welcome. Typically here on the show, I talk about the stuff that I'm studying as I finish my degree, which is done now. And it's a whole thing what's going to be happening next starting next month on the show it's a whole thing come back next week we'll talk more about it during the two-year anniversary special got a whole new world a whole new a whole new cinematic universe that we're heading into the independent study era where i'm picking topics we're starting with apologetics 101 because somehow i got through seminary without having to take an apologetics class so let's just fix that right off the bat um but today, we are here to talk about the LGBTQ plus community and how the church needs to do better. We need to do better. So let's dive in. In my paper, the purpose of my paper, and I guess coincidentally, the purpose of this episode, is to explore the fact that unfortunately, And I I do mean that sincerely. Unfortunately, if you are someone who believes that homosexuality is a sin, as I do, that that means you cannot be LGBTQ plus affirming or an ally. However, there is still an avenue for love. Now, let me explain all that. because that's, a, that's a, a, those are all very big claims to make right off the bat. So let's start with the ally and affirming aspect of this. Some people, I don't know if you have paid attention to the news, but some people really, some Christians really don't like people who are a part of the LGBTQ plus community. To, uh, to stay on the safe side i'm going to continue to use that i do believe that whole phrase i do believe that there to that there is an appropriate way in my research and in conversations with people to use the different words but just to stay on the safe side to not overtly offend anybody just going to keep saying all of the letters plus community that some I don't know if you pay attention to the news, but there are some people who really don't like that community. We had to read an article earlier this week. How this, maybe I should back up a little bit, how this came about is that the final paper had to be about something that we discussed over the past eight weeks in class and go deeper and talk about how the church can What the church should do in response to it. So we a few weeks ago, I did have to read an article and write a paper reflection on it. This is like a weekly thing we have to do, particularly with this prof. I had him for intercultural ministry, discipleship methods. This is like a thing for him. And the article we had to read was probably the most typical, if you if you all of the usual arguments against homosexuality. And transgenderism as well of all of the other all of the things all the usual stuff you hear it's very political it's it has an agenda it's it's you know attacking tr- marriage biblical marriage and sexuality and gender but but who am i i'm i'm the chief of sinners i'm i'm not that great of a person either. Who am I to judge another person's sins? Okay, you've just been making a judgment call this entire time. Also, (laughs) okay, I don't have time for all of this. (laughs) I'm already realizing I'm not going to have time for all all of the commentary. So I started with this article just trying to show that we're actually very hypocritical in how we talk about homosexuality that we even though we try we do say things like it's not the worst of sins sins are equal no we absolutely do treat this like it's the worst sin and don't even start on the political stuff because there have been powerful christian lobbying groups in dc for decades like we do this too okay it's my point there also i talk a lot about westboro baptist church who do I am not even comfortable saying what their website address is? I'll just tell you this, if you Google Westboro Baptist Church website and you see what the website description is, yeah, folks, that's actually their website. I thought I was on like some like parody website at first, but no, no. The, there's a lot of hate at that church. Let me tell you, it was like a train wreck. It was like watching a car accident where you just can't turn away. I'm just like continuing to read and click. And, oh, there's a lot of hate there. So I start with these two as an example of the very right conservative view on homosexuality that it is a black and white issue. Ultimately, the punchline I'm trying to get to here is that it's a black and white issue repent you're in sin repent so then i go to the opposite end i start looking at christians who do identify as part of the lgbtq plus community and look at i know i said i'm I'm being cautious with my words this is a real website i was looking at queer theology that is a ministry podcast resources to help educate people pardon me who to help educate people on how homosexuality transgenderism is okay scripturally in their view i found uh, so i was on their website looking at they have podcast there's a whole podcast there's you know articles there's classes you can take to learn about how this is not an issue in their view And I also came across a paper online about how those in the LGBTQ community, also this paper was written by a Christian, uh, need to adopt liberation theology in order to not be oppressed anymore and to find their place within Christianity again. So, You have these two polar opposites, right? You have the very right, repent, and the very left, it's okay. What's interesting, though, is that when you boil both arguments down, both people are saying to each other, you are interpreting scripture wrong, you are in the wrong, you need to change. So the point I was making in bringing both of these more polar opposite um, examples up is that you cannot find the place to be affirming, to be an ally, if you're, if you say it is a sin, because neither one side is willing to accept that. Neither side is willing to accept that it is a ma- it's an external issue you are the problem either side it's you you are the problem you are interpreting scripture wrong so even though what the left the lgbtq plus community want is to be affirming to not be oppressed anymore to be accepted as they are we cannot offer that if you believe homosexuality is a sin because we believe it's a sin. (laughs) We can't be completely affirming and an ally towards someone that we disagree with. That being said, looking at other various articles written by people who continue to say that homosexuality, transgenderism is a sin, one thing that they bring up is that directed towards the people who are saying it's a sin get over it and love them that's a paraphrase for sure uh it is much gentler than that but that is the general tone of you can still disagree with this person but you still need to love them now i do argue in the paper and on here that Depending on the person who is a part of the community, they may not see it as loving to not affirm them for their way of life still, okay? But this still gives you room to exercise love and grace and mercy, but I was particularly focusing on love. This gives you the opportunity to love them, even if they don't necessarily see it that way, because you will not accept their lifestyle. Basically, what I'm trying to get at here, folks, is that yes, you can believe that it is a sin, but you don't have to rush to it. Love them, make them feel welcomed. They are humans they are made in the image of god i feel like i'm talking about like like another species or something like i'm starting to make myself feel gross like transgender homosexual whatever it may be we're we're people gay straight and otherwise we're people like and so on that sheer basis alone of the image of God that everyone bears, love them. And also, I bring up the point of, and I think this is a point I bring up later on, of I've heard the testimony of some people. of in some, um, some people, like Jackie Hill Perry, it's probably a name many people will recognize, repented of her sins of her sin and is now straight married to a man with kids like that happens and then you have someone who repented like julia rogers which if you don't know that name google it you have someone like julia rogers who repents tries to live a heterosexual lifestyle and eventually marries a woman. And based off of her testimony and her story, at least from what I've heard of it, I can't I can't ju- I, she seems to be a Christian folks. I don't, I don't know what to say. like <laughs> she's just a lesbian and a Christian. Now that's an oxymoron that does not work in some people's heads. That's like the things don't compute. But my point is that you can repent and still be a part of the community. I I don't know. My point here is that you have brothers and sisters in Christ who are a part of the community. I don't I don't know how else to say that. So love them. And this is where I start to get into love. And of course, who do I talk about? C.S. Lewis and Jesus. Jesus primarily, but yeah, C.S. Lewis, of course, got brought up into it because what's interesting about the command to love your neighbor as yourself and also to speak the truth in love, both those loves are agape. And some people make a big deal about agape. Some people kind of like brush it. That's like a new thing I've noticed is that some people kind of brush the whole agape thing aside of like, we've made too big of a deal of it. Look, I'm kind of in the camp of like, this is a big deal. Like agape is a deep spiritual love as CS Lewis puts it that the other four, the other three loves um, brotherly love, romantic love and Brother in love, romantic love, and f- friendship. I think friendship is the third one. Josh is going to text me later. <laughs> um, so I talk about how these other loves, as Lewis puts it, prepares us for agape, which is this deep charitable love that God provides to us. And that the, when we speak the truth in love, as I, I talked about before here on the show in my sermon on Job 25, this to speak the tr- speaking truth is not a loving act. Love produces the act of speaking truth. You know, telling the truth to somebody isn't necessarily a loving thing, but a mark of mature growth is that love motivates the speaking of truth. And how we love others, how we display the the how we display love to other people, our neighbors, is through a divine love that God gives us. And as we talked about two years ago, almost to the day, here on the show, how do we show love? By abiding in the vine. Wow, look at that. We're coming full circle here, folks. We're back to John 15, which is exactly where this all started. Is that when we abide in the vine of Jesus Christ, when we are united with him, then we have the Father's love that we can display to others. And there is no distinction here, folks. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. So practically speaking, how does the church then love their neighbor how do we love how do we agape our lgbtq plus neighbor it's a great question let me know in the comments what you think <laughs> this is uh, it's still a work in progress in my mind like how do we how do we actually do this you know how do we actually communicate That we love a group of people that, for some people, are just outright screaming that they hate them and they're glad that they die. But also, we can't go as far as to say, I affirm your lifestyle. Well, part of it, I think, for you ministry leaders out there who are genuinely thinking about this, I think part of it is, you know, just treating them like a human, like they are already. I put in the paper, And I'm just going to set this down and walk away. Maybe it is time for the church, generally speaking, the church to be a positive influence during Pride Month. What does it look like in your context for a church, for your church during Pride Month? What does it look like? Is there a possibility that your church could offer during pride parade season, June, offer your parking lot as free parking and you hand out water bottles and just talk to people and be nice to them. Sounds pretty radical. Sounds like the, I could get canceled by conservative people. Although, you know, Conservatives, they don't cancel people, obviously. I roll. Anyway. um, Maybe this looks like a church being somehow a positive light. I don't even like using the word positive. A loving light during pride. Maybe this looks like, I think it definitely looks like the church teaching better what it looks like to love your neighbor because i still think to this day that a person's natural tendency when we talk about loving your neighbor that word neighbor is still to think about someone who looks exactly like you and thinks exactly like you where in actuality as we discussed back during intercultural ministry we actually live in a very diverse country now with a lot of different uh, nationalities and you know also gender and sexual identities and just a whole bunch of different it's very mixed world we live in now not mixed up but mixed it's variety there's a variety out there folks and so maybe the this is time for the church to start teaching better and clearer that your neighbor doesn't look exactly like you and that's okay and that means you still love them i think this also looks like the church positively speaking about positively neutrally speaking about the lgbtq plus community from the pulpit and what i mean by that is talk about the terminology try to stay up on these things have a discussion about pronouns and obviously in all of this you do have to stand for your conviction that if you You believe that homosexuality and uh, transgenderism is a sin. Yeah, you have to stand by that. But you can also treat a person like a person. And the church just needs to do a better job of, I think, talking about that, of addressing that. And maybe, I know, that I'm hesitant to say this one, because I know that the church is supposed to be a vehicle for, um, I know the church is supposed to be a place where theology is taught and the word of God is taught and protected also. But I also think there comes a point where, yeah, but you're, you might be being overly protective is what I'm getting at. of. Maybe there is still a place to talk about certain theologies, certain beliefs that we don't agree with just so that way people are better educated of what those things look like, what those thoughts and are. So maybe this looks like bringing in somebody for a special Sunday night service. Nobody does that anymore, but why not? To talk about liberation theology or uh, as I mentioned earlier, the more uh left lgbtq plus community theology on this just so we can better understand and hear it from that person's mouth love agape your lgbtq plus neighbor when you are thinking about your neighbor who comes to mind and when you Think of that person. I challenge you to realize that they are probably more diverse than that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you are, you know, maybe you've got it. I hope you do. But I think this, we are in a pivotal time where the church should continue to stand for its convictions. Yes, yes, yes. But also realize that. Also realize that having a very firm stance may be doing more damage than it's really worth. I condemn Westboro Baptist Church for being very hateful, and they need to repent. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you for some reason liked it, uh, please consider leaving a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, if you're looking for a podcast home, might I recommend Spotify? Follow the show over there, folks. And if you want to rip me apart, you can always reach the show at email seminarylife at gmail.com. Again, that's email life. At gmail.com if you want to rip me apart, folks. You can also go into the description of this episode to find links to the MSL website, shop, and also the GoFundMe, which, as I said yesterday on Fish Fridays, it's fully funded. Yeah, I'm gonna be at the Every Tribe Denomination and Tongue Convention this May in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. The GoFundMe will continue to be active up until May uh, because the more funds I pull together, the better experience I can provide at this convention. I can turn back into the show and also might be a nice little nest egg to get me to other conferences and conventions I have my eye on for later this fall. Hopefully, updates for that coming later this year as well. So if you would like to continue to donate towards that, please do. And yes, yes, folks, because that is done. That means that there will be a live stream hangout for every time we complete one of our goals here on the show. There will be a live stream hangout on Facebook. So for those of you following the show on Facebook, be looking for more details on that later this week. I believe I've got it penciled. I think the show itself is penciled for early May or excuse me, early April rather. Um, But the uh, more details will be out later this week. And if you're not following the show on Facebook or Instagram, please do that at my seminary life pod. Uh, Next week, I forgot to plug what was coming up next week on fish Fridays yesterday. So next week on fish Friday, Joshua Knoll, who's been around a lot lately, he is going to be back on the show next week. Fish Fridays, that is, to discuss Pope Francis's message for the Lent season. The two of us are going to sit down and wrestle not only with the content of the message, but also talk about the differences between a liturgical homily and the more uh, traditional long form sermon that you see in the evangelical Baptist, non-denominational, Pentecostal world. So we're going to be doing that on Fish Friday. And then next Saturday is the two-year anniversary special uh, where I will be discussing, was seminary worth it? Was it, folks? Well, you tell me. You've been listening to all the episodes. You tell me if it was worth it thanks for listening i appreciate all of you so much thank you for coming with me on this journey we will celebrate more next week i can't believe it's over folks or at least this phase is excited to see what's coming up next but until next time remember theology is for everyone so keep on studying